Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. a day, maybe canceled, ugh, could be rough, that's alright, we got a glorious one here today, uh, good show, hey, uh, our good buddy Bobby Bucket's going to be on with us here in about 15 minutes, we'll talk to him about uh, this squad here, a uh, dominant week last week, uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, all of that and more, but let's get started like we always do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. And tonight, 9 o'clock, Purdue, a 17 and a half point Favorite tonight. Woo! Hammer down cancer game as well. 9 p.m. on the Peacock tonight. Taking on Michigan. Michigan, uh, not good right now, but Michigan has won six of the last eight meetings between the two teams and 13 in the last 20. Still like our odds tonight. Also in the Big Ten tonight, Minnesota. Going to host the Wisconsin Badgers, hopefully doing... The Boilermakers a favor. Wisconsin's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Meanwhile, Nebraska hosts Ohio State. The Huskers also three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. Uh, they are at home. Meanwhile, yesterday, Zach Eady was named Big Ten Player of the Week for nine times in his career. That's right, nine times. Edie posted 33 points, 14 rebounds against IU, then pulled another 30 and 18 and four blocks versus Iowa. Purdue swept their two games last week. For the week, he averaged 31 and a half points, 16 rebounds, two and a half blocks per game. That's check the stats here. Let me just go ahead and crunch some numbers here real quick. Uh, that's good. That's really good. It's also shooting 21 of 38 last week from the field, 21 of 27 from the free throw line. Yeah, he's national player. Hall of Fame second baseman Ryan Sandberg played 15 seasons of the uh, for the Cubs. Announced yesterday on his Instagram that he has been diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. He started treatment. Quote to my Chicago Cubs National Baseball Hall of Fame and extended baseball family, the city of Chicago, and to all my loyal fans. I want to share some personal news. Last week, I learned that I've been diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. I've begun treatment and I am surrounded by my loving wife Margaret, our incredibly supportive family, the best medical care team, and our dear friends. We'll continue to be positive, strong, and fight to beat this. Please keep us in your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time for me and my family. Cubs are scheduled to unveil that statue of Sandberg outside of Wrigley June 23rd on the 40th anniversary of his, uh, arguably his best game. Hit a game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth and in the 10th innings and had uh, seven RBIs in Chicago's 11-inning uh, 12-11 victory over the Cardinals. 
Blackhawks took another L last night, 2-0 to Vancouver, the second game in the last three that they have been shut out. They'll try their luck in Seattle tomorrow night, 10 p.m. on TNT. First it was the Pacers, now the Bulls fall in Phoenix, 115-113 last night. Bulls blew a 17-point halftime lead. Colby White, 26 points, 10 boards, 9 assists, just missing the triple-double. They're off tonight. Pacers back in action at home, hosting the Nuggets. Denver, minus 4.5. No Tyrese Halliburton for the next three games, head coach Rick Carlisle says. It's not because of re-injury or anything like that. It is um, part of the rehab. So let's sit down. Over the NFL of note, the Raiders are interviewing former Bears OC Luke Getze, so uh, that could be a pairing there with Aiden O'Connell if Aiden ends up with that starting job. Speaking of the Bears, a pair of Titan assistant coaches are reportedly on the list for the defensive coordinator job. Mike Garofalo, the NFL media, reported that uh, both uh, Tennessee assistant head coach and defensive line coach Terrell Williams is getting an interview, and Titans pass game coordinator and cornerbacks coach Chris Harris will also get a look for the Bears. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. All right, tonight, good night to not bet last night. This wasn't a whole lot. Glad we looked at the NFL. That's what we talked about yesterday. So we're going to get back after tonight here, and uh, we've got three games in the Big Ten. Obviously, look, I like Purdue 17 and a half. I mean, it's Michigan is abysmal. They're terrible. They're awful. They're not bringing their leading scorer because he's suspended. And this all while, you know, Zach Eady is just destroying things. Last time they went on the road, uh, for their last five been at home, last time they went on the road, January the 11th at Maryland, 64-57 to was that final. They put up 57 points. They put up 57 points tonight. They're losing by 30-plus. That's just a fact. I mean, if Maryland is holding you to 57 points... That's a, that. That's an issue. They shot thirty nine percent in that game as well. I'm taking the seventeen and a half. Zach Eady, the point total is it's high. The rebound total, it's it's high. It might be a little tough for you to stomach. But we're talking 24 and a half points. That's a lot, but who's stopping him on the interior? I like Lance Jones 12 and a half because I think Lance gets uh, a lot of run late in the game, especially if the uh, score goes up. I've shied away from Braden Smith lately because he, he 
just has these games where he's the ultimate distributor. And I feel like it's and it's totally I, I no problem with it from a fan perspective. But I feel like Lance is the guy to take advantage of there. And Fletcher at 12 and a half. If you my thing with taking the Fletcher lawyer props, guys, is that I know a majority of these are going to be like three-point attempts, aren't they? So for me, I, if I'm going, and he had 12 in the last one, that's really pushing my threshold there with the with the 12. You know, if it's me, uh, this is a guy that's taking, what, four, six, three-pointers a game? Now, didn't shoot well in the Penn State game at home, which was a little bit of a, a bummer. He only went one for one against Illinois at home. But he's usually pretty good at knockdown, too. You can get him over one and a half at minus one sixty. I I don't mind. I don't mind that leg whatsoever. If you're using a book that lets you go higher than that, he's probably worth it to take a look at uh, at three. But he shoots forty percent at home from three. And you're dealing with a a Michigan team that doesn't necessarily guard the three-point line well. I believe they're, what, second to last in the Big Ten, maybe, and opponent three-point uh, three field goal percentage. Third to last, I'm sorry, they're 12th, 33%. The only teams that are worse at guarding the three are Wisconsin and Northwestern. So I think you got that going for you. But I like Purdue tonight. The interesting game to me in the Big Ten, if you're thinking about getting down on this, is that Minnesota and Wisconsin game. Three and a half points. I saw that and I'm like, that's got to be some kind of error, right? I mean, this is uh, Wisconsin. Top of the Big Ten, I, like, I know Minnesota had flirted with some good action, but then uh, they've been terrible the second half of January since they beat Maryland on the 7th, three straight losses to Indiana, Iowa, and Michigan State. But here's the thing that scares me about this game. Minnesota covers. They're 4-1 and one in the conference as a dog in covering. And this is not a large margin right here. So, I I mean, your, your eyeball test and your gut says, yeah, Wisconsin should go to Minnesota and win. But if we're getting down to three and a half, and I think this opened up at like four and a half. Ah. Uh, 
I'm a little bit nervous about that one. I don't know what to do with Nebraska and Ohio State. I don't want to buy into Ohio State for any reason. I don't. And the reports I was reading are like, no, you got to take Ohio State plus plus a three and a half. Now, I know Ohio State, the, the, whole, the whole reasoning behind that was is Ohio State does a really good job of, uh, of defending the uh, three-point line. Okay. Perfect reason. But then you go and you look at it. Uh, and literally, I read this whole report uh, about how great Ohio State is guarding the three. And uh, they're ninth in the Big Ten in guarding that. So, Ohio State just looks too shaky to me. So if I'm going to like Nebraska, Purdue to both cover, and then uh, what's your heart tell you in, in Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin? Go with that. But I, I don't, I don't want to mess with Wisconsin and Minnesota. Not after seeing how good Minnesota's been at covering. That's just that just becomes too close to call for me. I don't like it. I feel like if you're going to go three and a half points from Minnesota, you might as well take them to win. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Bobby Buckets, he's next. Stick around for that and more here at the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline where uh, Bobby Buckets awaits us. Bobby Riddell, you hear him on the radio call alongside Rob Blackman. Does a great job, of course. Uh, locals know him as the uh, Harrison basketball legend as well. We're lucky to have him here. Bob, it's always great to be talking with you, man. Boilermaker Hoops tonight, the Hammerdown Cancer Game. Uh, Michigan comes into town, 17.5-point favorites are the Boilermakers. Um, it has just been, look, been a great week. They took care of business on the road here, Indiana. Iowa, Zach Eady is your Big Ten Player of the Week. Um, it, it just, look, th- those last couple of road wins... So critical for these guys because I think there was still that question of when they go on the road and they're the favorites here, are they going to continue to take care of business or are they going to succumb to you know those kind of mid mid teams best efforts? And uh, they really silenced some critics here over the last couple of games. Hey Jared, yeah. First off, thanks for having me on, and and I totally agree. I think uh, there was definitely some you know bumps in the road uh, as far as. Uh, Produce play away from Mackey the, to start the Big Ten play with those losses at Northwestern and at Nebraska. But, you know, I think when you look at those, you know, not only, you know, Purdue didn't play their best basketball, certainly those games, but I thought Purdue played well enough in both those games to win. But you got to give credit to the opposition in those games, too, because I thought the opponents played lights out. And, you know, when, when you go into someone's home floor and they really play high level basketball, and you don't play your best, you know, you're going to be in big trouble even if you are the favorite, and so especially in this league in the Big Ten. And so, you know, credit to where credit's due to Northwestern and Nebraska for, for playing really good games that evening. But it, you know, was definitely nice to go into uh, Indiana in particular and then Iowa as well and, and play some really good basketball and get some double-digit wins um, and not have the court stormed on us. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... – that's always great. You know, since that loss in that last court storm at Nebraska, 
Uh, Zach averaging 31 points, uh, 17.3 rebounds, 62% from the floor, blocked uh, 2.7 shots per game, and I have not heard a word from anybody at all that seems to be in, impressed with this. That's he's gotten to that point, hasn't he? Where like those numbers are just what you expect. They're not like, oh my gosh, look what Zach Eady's doing. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's a, that that's what he does. I mean, that's really a testament to just how good he has been again this season, isn't it? It really is. It's just it's unfortunate for him that he's kind of set this standard of being, you know, super consistent and elite almost every time out. That you know, when he has like uh, a game like ten points, fifteen rebounds. Like he had, I think, maybe against Illinois earlier in the year, it was looked upon, looked upon as like a subpar game uh, because he is so often able to put up these thirty point, uh, you know, ten plus rebound performances like he has the last three times out that uh, really do make him just a special talent. It's you know he's doing some stuff in rarefied air as far as things that you know Glenn Robinson did at Purdue, and I think that speaks for itself as far as how incredible that accomplishment is. He's he's really. Just an unbelievable college basketball player, and to have him wearing the black and gold is is obviously uh, awesome to watch. I, I look. I don't want to sully what he is doing by uh, by any means, but I, I think, and we've talked about this at times before, buddy. Where um, something the the element that has really helped this team this year has been the three-point shooting. Now, Lance Jones has been great. We talked about him helping unlock Braden Smith, but the fact this team is 10th in the country, um, uh, or top 10 in the country, in three-point shooting field goal percentage right now uh, helps him tremendously, doesn't it? Because then now teams can't always just kind of double and triple team him on the inside. That frees him up to be able to work a little bit better. Uh, that how in the world has Purdue made such a jump? Because you're a big three-point guy. How have they made such a jump in their three-point shooting percentage to help unlock Zach this season, you think? Well, yeah, there's no question. I mean, it's definitely a full-fledged pick-your-poison situation at this point with how well we're shooting it from three because, you know, it was that way last year, of course, and even the year before that up to some degree because, you know, Zach was still a very good player and Travion Williams was a good uh, low-post scorer as well. And, you know, that team two years ago shot the three ball really well, but, you know, struggled on the defensive end, which definitely, you know, didn't make them as well, as fully well-rounded as they could be as a team. And then last year's team got better defensively, but just didn't shoot the three ball at a good enough clip. And then you saw teams towards the end of the year really just decide to load up on Zach and, and force us to, to beat them from deep. And we were obviously really inconsistent with that. And at times we're not able to do so. So uh, this year's team to now, you know, continue to make strides defensively from last year. I think this is of those last three teams, this is the best defensive team. And then to now be shooting an elite percentage from three, yeah, we're just a tough, we're a tough team to handle um, from an offensive standpoint because Zach is as dominant as he's ever been. And so if you choose to guard him one-on-one, he, he's going to put up big numbers, probably get you in, in big-time foul trouble. You know, Purdue's going to live in the bonus, things of that nature. But if you opt to uh, – you know, send a lot of bodies at him. This year, we're making you pay much more with the three on a consistent basis, and so it really is putting you know the opposing coaches in, in a pretty tough bind as far as you know how they're going to go about um, playing us on the defensive end because it, it's very much a pick your poison. So I think as far as why we're improving, you know, I think you know, some of those freshmen, you know, Braden Smith shot a pretty good percentage last year from three, but it's even better this year. Fletcher Lawyers made a big jump. You know that. That jump from high school to college, the three-point line, it's a big jump now. 
compared to you know what it was when the line was closer, and, and so that's a big adjustment period for these freshmen to go uh, to shoot the fur, you know the line that's further back in college. So I think as sophomores they're more accustomed to shooting that deeper line, which I think has helped their percentages increase. Uh, Lance Jones, even though not shooting an unbelievable percentage, is definitely not afraid of the moment or afraid of taking a big shot, and has certainly made his handful. And I think you've actually seen him when he takes wide open in rhythm ones, he actually shoots a really nice percentage. You know, sometimes Lance has a hard time taking that Southern Illinois out of him um, as far as some of the shot selection goes. And you can tell Coach Spainer will get mad at him. But, you know, having that guy who at least is able to get his own shot off, you know, late shot clock, things of that nature, is nice to have. Um, you know, but then we got some role players and stuff who, uh, like Camden Heidi, Mason Gillis, guys who shoot really high percentages that, you know, Cam didn't play last year. Uh, and then Mason, even though he shot a solid percentage last year, is, is shooting even better this year too. So uh, I think it's uh, some personnel stuff, but also some guys with more experience just, you know, shooting a better percentage. You can take the player out of Southern uh, Southern Illinois. You can't take the Southern Illinois out of the player. I did not know that. You learn something new every time you talk with Bobby Riddell here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. This is a uh, – look, tonight it's Michigan – um, you know, they're the overwhelming favorite. Uh, you know, they're not going to have Doug McDaniel because he's got that suspension for road games. I don't know what the heck's going on with them. But uh, this isn't really what has caught my eye right now. And that's that I'll live in that danger of overlooking Michigan. But you look at what's coming up next, Bobby. You got a trip to Piscataway on Sunday. You know, that's never a fun place to play on the weekends. Northwestern comes back in, hopefully a dose of revenge against the Wildcats for what uh, gave you the first loss. And then you have to go up to Wisconsin on February the 4th. This is a, this is a real critical three-game stretch where um, you, you just can't afford to get comfortable. If you still want to win the Big Ten, you really got to take two out of three of these. And to be honest with you, I, I feel like you really need to take this one up in Wisconsin the most. That's the one you really, really got to take here in terms of the Big Ten. But... This is probably about as solid as a three-game stretch as you're going to get until the last three games of the season. No, for sure. I mean, you got to take care of this tonight, obviously, against Michigan, which um, they're undermanned and we're at home, so strong likelihood that's going to be the case. But definitely still in this league, can't take anything for granted, so got to be locked in. But then, yeah, those other two games you have, you know, leading up to the Wisconsin game, you know, those games typically on paper you might be kind of worried about because, the Wisconsin game, obviously, is one that's going to be circled, a team that you're going to be competing with down to the end, you would think, to win the conference championship. But I think the nice thing about those two games, the Rutgers and the Northwestern game preceding that, is those are going to be two games where there's going to be a ton of motivation still for this team to win because Rutgers is the lone place that the senior class has not won at as far as um, in their building. Obviously, we had our hearts broken there with the half-court shot by Ron Harper Jr. two years ago. Uh, we didn't go there last year. But, uh, you know, they came into our building and beat us last year. So we got a lot of motivation to beat Rutgers, especially in their building, since the seniors haven't won there yet. And then, you know, I think all Purdue fans have some built-up animosity for the Wildcats, uh, considering our last two games against them, which have both been in Evanston, have come in heartbreaking losses. So uh, yeah, I think many Purdue fans are going to be welcoming the opportunity for the Cats to have to walk into Mackey. And so... I think there's going to be a lot of nice motivation for the team to win those games leading up to the, to the obviously huge game up in Madison. 
It'll be a great one tonight in Mackey Arena, the Hammerdown Cancer Game, too. So make sure you're bidding on those uh, jerseys as well tonight. That raises uh, money for a great cause. And uh, if you're not there, or even if you are, hey, uh, get those radios tuned in. Listen to Rob. Listen to uh, Bobby here. They do a great job on those calls here uh, and calling all that Purdue action. And it'll be a good one in Mackey tonight. Bobby, it's always a pleasure talking Boilermaker Hoops with you, my friend. Uh, Enjoy your broadcast tonight, and thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. You're good. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We go. And uh, we got the gang from Purdue Sports uh, on with us here. Talk about a, another loaded week of athletics that you can attend on campus this week. Guys, always great to have you on a Tuesday. Big night tonight in Mackey. It's a late start, uh, 9 p.m., but it is the Hammer Down Cancer Game, which is always huge. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Can I still get involved in the Hammer Down Cancer game, guys? Yeah, so as you mentioned, games tonight, um, so we're auctioning off tonight's game-worn jerseys. Um, if you want to check that out, you can head to purdueSports.com slash HDC24, and that's for Hammer Down Cancer, um, and you can place your bids up until 11.59 p.m. tonight. All right, easy enough to do. So uh, check that out and uh, see if you can score yourself uh, one of those jerseys. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, there is tennis uh, on campus here. Over the Schwartz, uh, Friday and uh, Sunday, uh, both the men and women are uh, competing this weekend. Uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on over at Schwartz this weekend. Yeah, um, like you said, tennis is back home on Friday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, at home this weekend, actually, it's only men's tennis. Women's is on the road, but... Um, our men's team will be here uh, this weekend. On Friday, the match is at 5 p.m. against Western Michigan. And then on Sunday, the match is at noon against Denver. Um, it is free admission to come to tennis this season, as it is always every season. Um, and on Sunday, we'll be doing two dozen donuts to the fans Ooh. that join us uh, Sunday afternoon there. Ooh, donuts in Denver, the Sunshine State, absolutely gorgeous out there. And uh, you can get into shorts again. That is free. That's always awesome. And uh, indoors, even though... Uh, the weather's warming up here, <laughs> getting close to being able to play outdoors tennis. Uh, but get over there, Schwartz, and support those squads. Now, uh, if you can't get out there, there's still some things to keep top of mind here. First off, we are three weeks away from baseball, which is uh, mind-blowing to me right now. So we really want to make sure you guys are picking up your baseball season tickets, right? That's right, yeah. Baseball season tickets are um, open now for new seasons or renewals. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, reserved season tickets are $100 for the season. And GA tickets are 50. And we have 30 home games this year, so a lot of good opportunities to come out and check out the Purdue baseball team. That is awesome. That's always a fun time. It's such a beautiful ballpark. So make sure you pick those up uh, while you still can. And then uh, we also want to remind folks, football season tickets, they are going fast. You want to make sure you scoop these up here, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we have football season tickets on sale now. We've actually already sold out of a few sections in Ross State Stadium on a season basis. So if you're looking to get season tickets for next year, I'd encourage you to do it sooner rather than later so you can get the seats they want at the price you want. Yeah, they're flying off the shelves here and with so many great uh, home games here and uh, new opponents coming into uh, into West Lafayette this year. You want to pick up, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird that we're going to have uh, Big Ten games against Oregon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it'll be weird now that everything's kind of changing, but you're right, we do have a season schedule announced now for 2024 
I believe we put that out yesterday. Yep. You can go ahead and check out the, the whole schedule for this upcoming season. Uh, I can't wait for it. Uh, the fall can't come soon enough. So uh, make sure you're bidding on those uh, Hammer Down Cancer jerseys tonight, uh, the game at 9 p.m., and uh, get out to Schwartz and watch some tennis this weekend and make sure you're picking up those uh, season tickets. If I want to go pick up season tickets for baseball or football, where do I do it? PurdueSports.com. Oh, and before I forget to, uh, women's basketball on Sunday. I had so much fun doing the PA uh, last Sunday. I forgot that they're, that was not the last game of the season. <laughs> they still play plenty more. But they're in Mackey on Sunday, right? Tickets available for that one? Yep, you're correct. Women's basketball back home on Sunday against Ohio State. Uh, game is at 2 p.m. There are tickets still available um, to come out and come join us. It is our final Golden Ticket game for students who are listening, so be aware of that as well. It is a BKC Sunday for our general fans. Our Boilermaker Kids Club members can get a free ticket. They can claim at the ticket office on game day. Parents must purchase those tickets for themselves, though, so just keep that in mind as you arrive on game day. Then make sure you scoop up those tickets and check out this women's basketball team. They are absolutely electric. Check it out. Thanks, guys. All right. So big thanks to them. Uh, big thanks to Bobby Buckets, too, for helping us out here and uh, talking about uh, your Boilermaker basketball team, which, again, is set as a 17.5-point favorite tonight as they host the Wolverines, who are just 7-11 on the season. Uh, again, they do not have Doug McDaniel tonight, or at least they're not supposed to have Doug McDaniel tonight as he serves that uh, road suspension. Um, it's look, it's a matchup, quite frankly, that uh, you know Purdue should win. Purdue should win with relative ease. Uh, they are the better team. Uh, they just got to come in. They got to be focused, and uh, you know, use Mackey Arena and be good. Talked about it at the top of the show here when we we're. Talking about player bets here, you have Fletcher Lawyer, 53% from three-point through eight Big Ten games, which is amazing. Mason has been great chipping in where he's chipped in. Lance Jones has still been pretty darn good as well, despite shooting them from uh, uh, whatever regional directional town that uh, Matt Painter quotes. Uh, he, he's still still shooting around 35%. Trey Goffman-Wren, we discussed this yesterday. He's still uh, going to be okay. We were worried about that, but... He's going to be fine. So what are we worried about going to this game like we always are worried about? Turnovers. Can't have them. Flat out. The number one issue that Purdue faces each and every time out uh, remain the turnovers. Can't have it. Are they the worst of the Big Ten? Uh, No, they are not. But it still remains. For every game we talk about, that if Purdue has to beat Purdue for Purdue to lose, in almost every game, Purdue right now averaging uh, 11.9 turnovers per game. That's fifth. Michigan, they lead the conference with 12.8 per game. Good news here for Purdue is Michigan is 13th in forcing those turnovers. Boilermakers are 12th. So you would hope that, you know, this is somewhat even in that category there. Don't lose your turnover battle. Continue to dominate the boards. Uh, Michigan does a mediocre job at that. And you just, you know, you limit these runs for Michigan. 
So I, I think it's going to be okay tonight. I think Purdue covers, but you're watching for those turnovers. You want to win the rebound matchup. You want to get in, bag it, get out. You want that W. Get your starters off the floor. And just have it be that. That's literally it's all you need tonight. That's all you're asking for. I don't need triple doubles out of anybody. We don't need to go crazy. We just need to get in and get out. Michigan, terrible team. Not going to the tournament. Plagued with, you know, issues with coaching, whether or not that's going to get replaced. I don't know. There's all the off, off the court stuff. Thankfully, you're not going into Michigan and having to deal with them and their fans, getting them very hyped to try to play outside themselves. It's not like they don't have athletes. You know, they are a Big Ten basketball team. But this is when you really don't have to overly break down. So we'll see. Look, no Doug McDaniel for him. That that really hurts. That's a big difference here, too. 17 and a half points is just... It's absolutely crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Well, I'll be kicking back watching the game. You know, it's 9 o'clock tonight. It's on Peacock. I'm not going to have any problems. I'm rolling with my Xfinity Internet. With the Xfinity 10G Network, get your new home's connection future ready. With the next generation of Xfinity 10G Network, get the fastest internet with ultra-low lag on Xfinity 10G. Smarter, more consistent, and secure network, and it's only going to get better at home or on the go. You'll get the fastest internet to all of your devices. Seamlessly stream TV, sports, your favorite movies. Come on now. Crystal clear quality. These games are important to you. And that's important to Xfinity. So make sure you go and get Xfinity Internet. Up to five times faster upload speeds for smoother connections on the largest gig speed network. Don't mess around, all right? You're taking you're taking your team seriously. Take your home internet seriously with Xfinity. Based on Xfinity's fastest available download speeds, get started. It's so simple. Here's what you do. Call 1-800-XFINITY. Go visit Xfinity.com or just pop into an Xfinity store today for more details. They're gorgeous. One on 20. Gorgeous. All right. Be ready for tonight. Be ready for the future with Xfinity 10G. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back. We're wrapping up the Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Hammerdown Show wrapping up here on your Tuesday, 9 o'clock tip-off tonight in Mackey Arena. Hammerdown Cancer Game. Don't forget to go to uh, PurdueSports.com. Bid on those jerseys if you can and uh, help uh, support a great cause there. But uh, 9 o'clock tonight on Peacock. Getting excited for that one. Time for some of the things that we may have missed. A weird report that I saw here that multiple Chiefs fans were found frozen to death uh, after watching a game in a friend's backyard. Wait, wait what? How does this how does this happen? A group of uh, Chiefs fans gathered to watch a regular season finale against the Chargers January the seventh. Days later, they found these guys. Three men were found frozen to death in their friend's backyard after the fiance of one of the men called police for a welfare check when he didn't return. 
Three men were all in their mid to late 30s. One of them was found on a terrace. The other two were in the backyard. Homeowner claims to have no knowledge of the bodies of his friends frozen in his backyard for two days. What? There's so many questions. If you've got yourself that cold or somebody has, how in the world have you not gotten out of the backyard and alerted somebody? Like, it's such a bizarre story. Also, why are you trying to, like, do you remember uh, that, uh, what was it, that, like, Saturday, Sunday, where we were, like, in the negatives, like, two weeks ago, one week ago? I went out that Sunday morning thinking about Saturday. And I was like, remember that, that one drunk KC fan with no shirt on? It was, like, the same temperature that morning with the windshield. Like, how? How could you be so dumb? And these guys sat out and, and watched this TV outside. We could have been inside enjoying life. I have so many questions. This is so bizarre. Such a bizarre story. Yesterday, I told you the math behind. Lamar Jackson. And three points or less against the spread. And he has that amazing record. But then when I got the three and a half, he got a, a three and a half points or more on the spread as a favorite, he falls off the cliff. Metaphorically. So I said, let's take it at three while we could. That's the math. But in my in, in my gut, in my heart of hearts here, I told you that I thought that the NFL wants nothing more than Kansas City in the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift being there. Because that will immensely improve the ratings. And now, I believe I have evidence of that. By the way, that line has grown to three and a half, so feel free now. So, they've assigned a referee. That referee, Sean Smith. Sean Smith, when he officiates games, home teams are 17, 29, and 3 against the spread. That's 37% over the last three years. In this year alone, Smith, 924 yards and penalties on home teams, 709 yards on road teams. Eh. Offensive holding penalties declined 65% in the divisional round versus what those teams average during the regular season. This is trouble. That is the lowest win rate for any NFL referee. Home teams won 55% of games during that span. He is well below at the 37. That's insane. Across the NFL in the last three seasons, home teams have covered 49.4% of the spreads. Under Smith, home teams are 17, 29, and 3 against the spread. He is number one out of 24 referees in road team win percentages 2018. What did I tell you? They want Taylor to go to the Super Bowl. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And finally, 
I saw this going around yesterday. Uh, Mike Wilbon, PTI, a show that I actually used to really enjoy watching. I enjoyed the format. I enjoyed watching two people who knew each other debate things. It was eventually got to be a little bit too much, but that's okay. Upset about the analytics in the Bucks Lions game where the Bucks went for it on that two point conversion. Wants to know why the analytics don't take into consideration um, who's going for it. The analytics say to go for it no matter who's going for it. So if you and I were on the field, the analytics say go for it. It's the stupidest, laziest, lamest thing I've heard for reasoning and competition. And I hate that announcers just buy it without questioning it. Look, math is math and situations are situations. But in that moment, with your momentum, there are teams, much like Dan Campbell tried to a couple weeks ago, go for two and the win. And Dan Campbell doesn't come across as a very analytics-focused guy. But you can't deny that when teams are sitting on the opponent's, like, you know, 40-yard line and you're looking at a punt maybe on fourth and three, that statistically over time, your advantage to go for it makes more sense. Now, I understand the reasoning and the logic behind going for the two there. Because you essentially only have to make one two-point conversion or two field. What do you feel better about if you give yourself a chance to win? I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I am tired of the old heads not at least giving some legitimacy to the point that, hey, math and everything that we know about the game, we're learning how to play it a little bit better. We don't have to play it. Like it's always been played. Hey, that does it for the Amber Down Show. Good luck tonight to the Boilers. We'll see you back here tomorrow.